Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Expressions of Love, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on February 7th, 2016. Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Is that appropriate to say? Happy Super Bowl Sunday? I don't know. Well, this morning, what I'd like to do is I want to start off with a a pretty serious question for all of you and uh, just kind of want to give you uh, a moment to kind of think this one through, okay? Um, So I apologize uh, for putting you on the spot, but I really think this question needs to be asked. So help me understand why every person that believes in Jesus Christ isn't a cowboy fan. I just don't get it. You know, we're, we're saved by the blood, right? You know? <laughs> uh, I knew you'd like that. So, so I was thinking about this morning, maybe even like dividing the room, but it would be pretty lopsided if we did that, right? <laughs> so as you know, I, I'm a, a cowboy fan, but I realized this week that I, I don't actually have a jersey uh, for myself, so uh, Christmas is coming up soon, so keep that in mind. <laughs> but uh, so for those of you that aren't cowboy fans, I've kind of prepared some ammunition. I know it sounds kind of funny since I'm a cowboy fan that I'm giving you this, but but please use it gently and use it wisely. Because remember, we love Jesus, right? So we've got to love people. So so let me ask you this: Why did Tony, Tony Romo cross the road? Because he wanted to get to the hospital on the other side. Uh, I thought that was pretty good one. Why does why 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 does Tony Romo not have a phone? Because he can't find the receiver. Awesome. Did, did you guys hear about the joke that Tony Romo told his receivers? It went over their head. All right. All right. Enough about the Cowboys. Um, am I on here, John? Okay. You guys can't hear me. So it shows that I'm on. There we go. All right, now I'm on. All right, so. So anyways, enough about the Cowboys. In all seriousness, let's focus our hearts on Jesus right now. And I'd like to jump into this new series that we're calling Expressions. And uh, I want to give you a little bit of a background on the series before we kind of jump into it. And then we're going to go into our first point, our first um, actual aspect of the ex- what we express as Christians and the attributes that God has given us. Well, um, so the series that we're going to start here, and I want to challenge you guys to look at Galatians chapter 5. Go ahead and mark your Bibles there. We're going to be at Galatians chapter 5. And I also want you guys through the week to look at this chapter and then also look at Romans chapter 8. Because Paul does this this beautiful job of communicating what it is to live in freedom from the bondage of sin, to live free in Christ Jesus and what that looks like for us as believers, as Christians, as Christ followers. See, you and I, we have an opportunity to express a lot of things in life, right? On a daily basis, we, we drive down the road and, and uh, for some of us that may be road ragers, we express things as we drive, right? Um, we're, we're very ex- kind of expression kind of people, right? Um, I know that for myself personally, when I talk, um, which is often, 
um, I, I use a lot of hand movements. In fact, a couple of weeks back, I was telling my wife a story and I didn't even realize this and I'm kind of doing this and, and this, you know, with her and she's just like following my hands. She's like, why do you have to use your hands? Yeah. Because we express, right? Well, God has given us the freedom to express some very specific things in our lives. Gifts of the Spirit. And God is, is indwelled in us some great things in our lives. And it's up to us as believers to express those things as we live our lives. See, God has given us attributes. And they're gifts of the Spirit. It is the, it is the fruit that, that a believer bears in his life. But sometimes we don't do such a good job at that. Sometimes we, we miss the mark in that. And so as we go on this journey together, as we look at the, the fruit of the Spirit and the, the fruit of the flesh, I would ask that and challenge you guys to, to pray about the areas in your life that God wants to work on. That God wants you to, to like we just sang, surrender in your life. Because I believe that, that even as a Christian, there, there's a journey that we go on and there's, there's things in our lives that God will do and reveal to us as we go on this journey with Him. And He'll help us to grow and to mature. And the coolest thing about this journey is that God has given us the power to do so through His Holy Spirit. See, Jesus, when He left, He told His disciples that I'm going to leave with you my comforter. I'm going to leave with you the power of my spirit to do this. And he says, I will be with you to the end of the age. Isn't that a beautiful thing to know that Jesus is with us? That God's Holy Spirit indwells in us so that we can live a life, that we can live out these attributes that he has given us on a daily basis. Well, if you look at, at Galatians chapter 5, I want to open up with the first verse in, in chapter 5. And it, it just simply says this. It says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. You know, there's a, when we look at that passage, there's a whole lot that God is trying to tell us. And as we look at the verses that we're going to look at here in just a few moments, um, God is telling us so many things in just this one simple verse. See, we all have freedoms. In this country that we live in, we're excited because we are a free country, right? We can be free to, to say the things that we want to say. We can be free to do the things that we want to do, to become the things that we want to become. We have this sense of freedom. See, as a believer, God has given us that, that freedom. And it comes through Christ Jesus. See, the application that we'll, we'll see here in the following verses is just simply this. That the bondage of sin, the chains that hold us in our sinfulness, through Christ Jesus we have freedom. Jesus died on a cross so that we can live free from sin. And Paul helps us to understand this freedom. He helps us to move towards these attributes, these gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of a life that's lived in Christ and for Christ. If you look at verse 13, and let's read this together. Starting in verse 13, Paul says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh 
but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. There, there's a few things I think that we can learn from this passage that will help us to, to express these attributes that God has given us, this, this fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And so, so remember, this isn't about um, what love is or what love does, but this is really about expressing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Letting it be active and outward towards those that are around us and that God's placed in front of us. And Paul explains it just like this. He says, we are free in Christ. And this is a promise that you and I, that we can all stand on. But the question that we have to ask ourselves, what is this freedom? What does he mean when we are free? Because a lot of people will tell you, or a lot of people will actually say that, well, you know, I believe in Jesus, and I, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And because of that, I'm, I'm free to do whatever I want. You know, the law, it, it's really not, it doesn't apply to me. God's commands don't really apply to me. You know, Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of the law. The Ten Commandments that we see, that we hang in our courthouses and in different places, maybe in our homes, Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of that law but we still have a responsibility to that law. See, what Paul is helping us understand is that we have a freedom to express these wonderful attributes that God has given us through His Son, Jesus Christ. See, we're not free free to sin or to live in sin. We're free from the bondage of sin. God has, has unshackled those chains, those things that hold us and keep us, and He's given us this freedom you know, and we should be excited about it. We should be moving towards it and praising God every step of the way. Because He's helped us to overcome something that has held us so tightly and led us to death. See, the freedom that we enjoy as Christian is not an immoral freedom. Though Christ has redeemed us through His blood, it's a moral freedom to live by the Spirit, to express the fruit of the Spirit. I love what what 1 Timothy says in chapter 6, verse 3. He says this, he says, If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and listen to this part, and the teaching that accords with godliness. See, when we, when we move away from our sins, when God, when Jesus Christ, when He frees us from those sins, that bondage that we're in, He moves us to become more like Him. We take steps towards holiness because of Jesus Christ's righteousness. See, that's the freedom that you and I can live in. And so in this passage, in this chapter, Paul helps us to understand that. But before we can truly understand this, we must first understand the differences of the flesh and the spirit and what that looks like and what that encompasses. 
Because sometimes in our, in our simplistic mind, we, we use the excuse, well, you know, I'm not really a patient guy. Now, I'm not really a, a loving guy. You know, I, I really just don't have any joy in my life. And you can fill in the blank from there because I think every aspect of what Paul addresses here applies to each and every one of us in some way or another. So in relation to the flesh and the Spirit, the Bible tells us that we are to walk in the Spirit, walk by the Spirit. And I love the picture because, like, uh, you know, I've I've got a a young daughter. She's 16 now. Um, She's not here this morning. um, But uh, so I'm going to pick on her. So you guys can tell her next week that I picked on her a little bit. But uh, when she was a little girl, I, I would hold her hand and I would say, let's skip together. And we would skip, you know, we would skip and step together. And it was such a, a fun thing. And there was this joy that came out of it, not only for her as a little girl skipping with her daddy, but also for me as her daddy skipping with her. Well, now that she's 16 years old, she's a little too big for her britches, of course. And uh, I try to get her to skip with me at Walmart and she just won't do it. <laughs> she just won't do it. You know, I just don't understand that, you know. So... She'll goof off with me at Walmart and, you know, run around the store in the basket, but she won't skip with me. But this picture that Paul is is painting for us when he says, walk by the Spirit, he's saying, stay in step with the Spirit. Follow the leading of God's Spirit in your life and let the things of the flesh be set aside and move towards that. Take those steps. So what are the desires of the flesh? Well, if you look at verses 19 through 22, Paul says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. And he jumps right into it. He says, Sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. And the list goes on, he says. He says, I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I want to ask you this morning, and it's rhetorical, you don't have to answer out loud. Do any of these things sound familiar in your own life? You know, we think about the things that Paul just listed here and I, I can almost guarantee you, including myself, I include myself in this, that these things and such things apply to our life as we live our lives on a daily basis. And there's moments when we just, we want to live in the flesh. We want to move towards the things that we desire. You know, we, we get angry because we think we're, we're righteous in our anger and we can express that because someone has wronged us or hurt us. But Paul makes it very clear that that's not right. He says, these things, if this is how you live, I want you to know that, that, that these things will not get you to heaven. These things are not the things of God. These are things that, that are not of the Spirit of God. And then he goes on to tell us what those things are that are characteristics of not only a Christian life, but the power of the Spirit empowers us and indwells us to live out and to express as we walk in step with the Spirit. 
Verses 22 through 24, he says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And he says this. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this very loudly. He says, And against such things, there is no law. Again, there is the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. There is what Jesus did for you and I. He says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. You know, as a follower of Christ, if I come to you and I say, you know what, I'm just not a patient person. You know, I I have no patience for people. That should instinctively tell you that I'm not walking in step with the Spirit. Because the Bible is very clear that God has given us the power that we need that we can depend on, that we can trust, and that we can rely on to be patient, to be joyful, to be kind, and to express that in ways that will not only honor and glorify God, but will help others to see the light of Jesus Christ. And really, as believers, that's what we should be pursuing and looking towards as Jesus sanctifies us and makes us more like Him. Is that we would express these, this fruit that He's given us through His Spirit and we would walk in step with His Spirit. See, God has given us this liberty and it's not a license to sin. And the freedom that we find, we find in Jesus Christ. Well, I want to give you three areas, and there are many more. As we start this series, as we begin this journey together, I want to give you just three simple areas in our lives that we can apply as as Christ followers, as we look at these passages, as we begin to, to better understand the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus and to be able to express the fruit of God's Spirit and to walk in step. And there are many others. Well, we're talking about love this morning. And so one of the areas where Paul helps us to see here in verse 13 is that we can express love by serving. See, it's an actionable thing. It's something that we can do to share and express love for one another. See, I don't know about you guys, but love, it's a a complicated thing, isn't it? Almost sounds like I'm about to write a love song there. Love, such a complicated thing. (laughs) A little country western there, right? It really is, though. Love is such a hard thing. I don't know about you guys, but I struggle with loving people. I mean, I can honestly say this. There was many years back where I, I, you know, I've been married to my wife. We'll celebrate 25 years in a couple of months. Give God a hand for that. Yeah, because that's God's grace that she would put up with me for that long. You know, 25, 30 years. But, uh, yeah, amen. (laughs) You weren't supposed to amen that. (laughs) That's okay, I understand. Uh, you know, there was a point in our marriage where I came to the realization is that I didn't know how to love my wife. I honestly didn't. You know, I tried to love her in certain ways, but I just really didn't know how to. And it took me, really, I had to sit her down one day and say, Honey, how do I love you? 
Because I wasn't taught what love is and what does from an early age. You know, and I think I'm doing some things okay, but I know that I'm failing in many areas. But what, what, how can I love you? What, what makes you feel loved? And of course, my wife just looked at me and giggled and just said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's an odd question. But really, you know, God tells us that we love by serving and so I, I started to begin to understand that if I'm going to love my wife, that I have to begin to serve her. See, I have to show my love by serving her. In Luke 6, 5, it says, Jesus says, Love your enemies and do good. Action. And lend. Action. Expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you will be the sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Mark 9, 35, it says, And He sat down and called the twelve, and He said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be last of all the servant, last of all and servant of all. See, we have the capacity to love. God has given us the power through His Holy Spirit to love. We just need to express that love. And I'll tell you, I believe with all of my heart, men, women, spouses, teenagers, whatever age, whatever place you are in life, whether you're in a relationship or out of a relationship, I want to tell you and challenge you that it begins by serving one another. See, Jesus said it himself, if you want to be the greatest in this relationship, if you want to be looked upon as, oh, you know, the coolest, he says, then you need to serve. You need to get on your knees and humbly serve one another. And I would challenge you, in your marriages, in your relationships, begin expressing this love by serving each other. Looking for the things and the ways that that would show them that you love them and care about them. Because God has empowered us. He's given us His Spirit. And we can serve one another for the benefit of someone else. Well, the second thing we see here is that we express love by giving. Verse 14 says, For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, this is a tough one. This is an area that I think we struggle and I, I believe it we struggle in this area because there's there's three things that we think of when someone brings up the word giving you know right away our minds go to our possessions hey you need to give you need to be a giver so immediately we go to possessions and we grab our wallets and we say whoa wait what are you saying you know we hold on to that right and then the other area is when you get a, an email and say hey everybody we're scraping windows and uh, can you come give us your time and help us scrape windows and everybody says whoa I'll just pretend like I didn't see that email Pastor Floyd asked me on Sunday. Just kidding. I'm picking on you. Um, But it's our time, right? We hold on to our time because time is valuable to us. It's important. And we usually fill our time with the things that are important to us, right? Well, the third area, and and I think a lot of people skip by this one because they don't really give it the attention that it deserves. But I think that we should give more of it is what we're addressing today, is our love. See, I think we hold on to our love. 
I think a lot of times we, we, we take the love that God has given us and the power of the Spirit to, to be able to express love and we hold on to it because we're fearful. We're afraid. You know, for, for the guys, I, I can only speak for the guys because the girls are a little more touchy-feely and, you know, googly-googly. And I didn't have this in my notes. I didn't have this in my notes, but, but by God's divine inspiration, Matt Boatman gave me one this morning. So he did. It was awesome. He walked in and, and he says, did you, you know, the emojis on our phone, right? Everybody knows that. He says, did you just send me a kiss? And I said, absolutely I did. I sent you a kiss, you know. But see, stuff like that, showing... <laughs> I know, I apologize. Just know who I am. Oh, and a wing, too. It's like, yeah. There you go. You got that? You like that? See, see, you're getting to know me more and more every week, right? Uh, I said, absolutely I did. And I just said, I don't know why, but I was teasing him because we hadn't hung out in a couple of weeks, you know, on our little time together during the week. And uh, I just said, I was missing my homie, you know, and I sent him a weekie and a kiss. But that was awkward, you know? That was awkward, right, guys? You know, we don't want winkies and kisses. We don't want that kind of stuff. Yeah, but see, God, God wants us to give that kind of stuff. God, God wants us to be able to tell our brother that we love him and we care about him. You know, God, God desires that for our lives. But love, you know, we complicate it so much. We put up these walls and we, 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 we don't let people into our lives in that way. And we hold tight to our love. But God tells us something different. This passage tells us something different. It says to love one another like you would love yourself. You know, John 3.16 says this. It said that God gave. God gave. God gave His Son for us. He loved us so much that He gave. 1 John 4.19 says, We love because He first loved us. See, God loves us so much that He's not going to leave us where we stand. He's going to break us down and He's going to help us to love. He's going to soften our hearts. John 15.13 says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. 1 John 3, 16 through 18 says, By this we know love, that He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes, closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed, in action and truth. And the truth is God's word. See, we express our love by giving our love. We give our love so that others may know his love. Well, I want to introduce you to, to a couple. For those of you guys that don't know JJ and Sarah Mancini, let's give God a hand for them. We're going to invite them up right now. And um, here it is. I think it's on. Awesome. So if you guys remember uh, late, uh, sometime last year, I forget the exact time, um, we uh, got together as the church and we bought some Bibles 
for a couple of missionaries named J.J. and Sarah Mancini. And uh, they are here with us. They just got back from their mission trip. They spent about a year in South Africa. I know I can talk, I promise. And uh, they're here to just share a little bit about what did God did through their giving and their time out there. And even the little experience of us being able to give some Bibles to those that, that were in need out there. So I'll let them kind of share that with you and we'll celebrate that together. Good morning. Um, first of all, thanks so much for having us here. It's really excited to, uh, we're really excited to be here and just kind of share um, what God did through us and then also what God did through Sol Rio. It's really, really cool. So first we're going to start off with my wife. Um, she's going to kind of give us the 30,000 foot view of kind of why we went to South Africa and uh, the, kind of the beginnings there. Hi. Hi. Um, so I guess before JJ and I got married, we've been married for about three years now. Um, we're babies. Yay. But um, before we got married, we knew that God was calling us to um, kind of tithe a year of our marriage. Um, he always talks about giving your first fruits, and we always apply that to um, like our salaries and giving of money. But we just really felt like God was calling us to also tithe our time and our marriage. So we um, intended to have our first year of marriage um, overseas serving God, and it took a little longer than we expected, and so it ended up being our third year of marriage overseas serving God, and um, we, through a lot of prayer and a lot of um, exploring different opportunities, I guess, ended up going to South Africa with a group called Antioch. Um, If you've never heard of Antioch, they have um, churches all over the world. They started off in Waco, Texas. Um, We just really liked their model. We really liked the way that they biblically served and loved others. And um, the focus was Jesus and his word. And we were just super excited to go and partner with them in South Africa. Um, And Cool. So I guess um, where to start? Gosh. Well, probably the first two weeks we were there in South Africa, um, we're kind of getting to know the area. Um, I really needed a haircut, much like I do right now. And so um, I started walking down the road um, and walked into a barber shop. Um, and in this barber shop were a bunch of guys. asked one of the guys to give me a haircut. And, and as he was giving me a haircut, we started talking. So I was like, oh, so where, where are you from? And he's like, oh, I'm from, uh, from the Congo. Um, so... In Africa, Congo is kind of like Central Africa. South Africa is obviously the very most southerly point, hence South Africa. Um, and we started talking, going back and forth. Um, she's also, why are you here? I'm like, well, you know, we're kind of here to help out a to help out a church. And he's like, oh, so, so do you know Jesus? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, and he's like, can you can you tell me more about Jesus? Because and I was like, sure. Well, well, what's your background? And so as we continue to talk, um, he. I'd say he's a Muslim, but he's kind of a Muslim who just practices Ramadan. So that's like Christians who just go and practice Easter and hang out, you know, at church, practice Easter, or, or, or hang out at church on Easter. So it's very much someone who's not committed, um, um, but, but he, was, he, was, he was definitely Muslim in, in how he grew up. So we started talking, and he's like, yeah, you know, I'd love to learn more about Jesus. I'm like, great, well, you, you, you want to sit down and we'll talk more about Jesus? He's like, yeah, that'd be great. And then he starts whispering over to his friend, and he's like, well, is it possible me and my friend can come? Like, yeah, that's great. So, yeah, sure. And then they start talking. And, and of course, when they're talking, they're not talking in English. They're talking in their mother tongue, which is Swahili. Um, and so they're talking back and forth. 
And then probably about like 30 seconds later, they're like, well, I think a couple other guys want to come. Is it okay if we all come? I'm like, yeah, sure. And and then ended up being, I think the first time we got together, I think there were nine, <laughs> nine guys. So it was really cool just how God kind of put us in a position to uh, to be able to uh, to minister to these guys. Um, so of the nine, I'd probably say six of them were Muslim, two of them were Christian, and then one really, un- yeah, Rastafarian. <laughs> um, so... Um, so what we decided to do, and kind of God put in our hearts, to start to meet with them every single week. Um, so do you have any of the pictures? So we go to throw some of them up and give you a picture. Um, so over there on the far left is a good friend, Enoch. The next guy next to him was a Rasta guy. His name's Gift. Kelvin um, was a good friend who helped lead the, uh, the the Bible study that we were doing. And the next to him is a guy named Ali. And then there's me on the right before before my beard, so, but it's the same guy, um, so, yeah, so we started meeting with these guys every single week, um, we did what was called, like, a prophet study, where we kind of started in the Old Testament, took a look at Adam, and then after that, we hit Noah, and then after Noah, we hit Abraham, Abraham, Moses, reason why we did this is because a lot of things that line up in the Bible and the, and, and the Quran um, are those guys, obviously, the stories are different, and obviously, one ends with good hope and good news and a savior and redemption, obviously, which is the Bible. Um, but we kind of used those things that they had in common in order to say, okay, wow, look, everything does point to Christ. Everything does point to Christ. Uh, so we did this. We met for probably about six weeks. Um, and at the end of the six weeks is when we realized, wow, okay, we're talking through the Bible, but a lot of these guys, one, um, their English was okay. One of the guys' English was horrible. Um, but I guess in context, these guys come from other parts of Africa. They moved to South Africa looking for opportunity. And so in looking for opportunity, they, you know, leave their country as and, and almost not able to go back, find it in South Africa. And so and then they start learning English. So they learn English just by just starting to talk with people, which makes it really hard, which is kind of where you guys came in, which is really neat. Um, they spoke English. Some of them couldn't read or write English very well. Um, some of them could. But the language that they had in common was Swahili. Um, and so, believe it or not, you think it would be easy to find a Bible in Swahili in South Africa. After calling, like, the scripture unions and all these different places that you think would sell Bibles, um, no one had Bibles in Swahili in South Africa. Um, and so that's when we reached out to Floyd and said, hey, Floyd, we'd love to be able to, you know, give these guys a gift of Bibles. Um, and, um, and that's where you guys came in. So, first of all, a huge thank you to everyone who, uh, who uh, um, gave and helped give this gift of Bibles. And they were actually really expensive Bibles. So, most people think, ah, Bibles, you just go down to, you know, the nearest Christian bookstore and it's like $3. No, I think those are actually pretty expensive Bibles just because of the translation. It was Swahili in one column, English on the other. And then um, what was really cool is as we kind of wrapped up that specific study, we gave them the Bibles, which is like, hey, go and, like, learn for yourself. The goal isn't to make disciples of me or disciples of Sarah or disciples of each other. The goal is we want to be disciples of Jesus. You want to find Jesus for yourself. Um, And so... Uh, we gave them the Bibles. We actually put a very personal note on the inside, just pretty much saying, hey, you know, encouraging them, helping them see who they are in God, uh, which is really cool. So I know that every single one of those Bibles was cherished um, um, by them because it was personal. It was something they'd been looking forward to for a long time because it actually took a long time for them to get out there. Um, so, yeah, yeah, go, go, go to another picture. I think we have. So, oh, yeah, here's, here's the group um, in our tiny little apartment. Um, 
um, of all the guys getting together. One week we had fun, and uh, we had a we had a wig from the previous thing that we did at church, and so we decided to kind of act out some of the Bible stories. And this was um, the one where where um, the woman came and washed Jesus's feet with her hair. Um, really cool, but that's kind of what's going on right there at the wig. In case you're wondering, <laughs> go go to the next picture. Um, so here is Enoch and Gift. What's super cool is these guys um, before were, were, I'd say Christian-ish, but only Christian in, in the context of, yeah, my parents were Christian. Um, really didn't know who Jesus was, you know, why, why he came to the earth and, and you know, really didn't have a personal relationship with, uh, with him at all. Now both of these guys, I haven't actually got the latest update, but I think they're going to be joining um, the discipleship training school. Um, that's that's going to be a six-month-long school that's going to be going on there. So ultimately, both of these guys' lives were changed um, from the gift that you guys gave and just the time that was spent. And here's us making cookies. You're welcome. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to jump in. What was really cool about um, JJ's relationship with these guys is they'd never had anyone invest into them. They'd never had anyone tell them that they were worth anything. Um, like even their parents, one of their dads, I think, is a truck driver, and he never bothered to teach his son how to drive, which is like a really useful skill if you want to make money and you can drive a taxi around or something around, and his dad never bothered to teach him that skill. So JJ was really cool in coming in and instilling worth in these guys and telling them, hey, you are valuable, you do have skills, you can teach yourself things. And so here he's teaching them how to make cookies because... I would make them a lot of cookies, and they never knew how to make them. And so he walked through and showed them how to make cookies. Like little little things like that, I think, spoke a lot of love to them. Yeah, it was neat. They were all like, oh, these cookies are so good. How do you do it? And it's like, oh, it's really easy. Let's go do it. <laughs> yeah, but they loved it. It was really good. All right, go to the next one. Um, here's us and when on the day that they got their Bibles. So you can see they're all like, woohoo. Um, you know, in fact, Elvis, second in from the left over there. You can see he's really enjoying his Bible there. <laughs> so, And then I think we have one or two more pictures. Um, this is when we spent uh, Christmas Day on the beach. So since Sarah and I didn't have family there, we kind of said, hey, let's grab uh, all the other people that are in our community that don't have family, and we'll be each other's family on Christmas Day. So we went out, and you can see just that gorgeous you know, South African waters. It was summer there, obviously, in Christmas. Um, so we just hung out probably about 15 15 of us or so. And do we have one more? One more? Cool. Yeah, and here's the last one of just us being silly. Um, yeah, once again, thank you guys so much for for forgiving, for, for being obedient, um, and for, I guess, loving us, and so made us so that we could love them. And it's just amazing how that works because, I mean, we have, you know, lifelong relationships with these guys now, and um, it's, it's really cool to see how God can change people's lives, even from 9,000 miles away. Absolutely. So, thank you That's all. awesome. Let's give God a hand. Awesome. We're, we're just very, very grateful for just all the great things God is doing in us and through us through our giving. And as you can see that uh, um, we as a, a small little church here can express God's love in some great ways through some little things. And it's, it's by the power of the Spirit of God. You know, it's, it's through His holiness, His righteousness working in us to change us. So as we close this morning, I want to just give you this last point. And I think it's a, a, a really important point to talk about, especially as the church, because um, 
you know, as, as a community of believers, um, our heart is to fulfill two things, the great commandment and the great commission. And as we do that, um, our church, the body of Christ, will continue to grow and we'll have more people come, we'll have more mind sense, we'll have more people that are, are passionate about specific things and we're excited for that, we're looking towards that day. Um, but as as Paul wrestles through some of these moments with the church as he kind of sees the relational struggles that are going on and he's reminding them of the the essence of what the flesh brings and then the power of the fruit of the spirit if we walk in the spirit he approaches and he addresses an aspect of our love towards one another that i think is very powerful and his words are very strong and i think we need to to really pay attention to this last little phrase here this last little sentence this verse 15 as as what he is expressing to the church um he tells them to express love by seeking peace in verse 15 he says but if you bite and devour one another watch out that you are not consumed by one another See, Paul is facing this divisiveness in the church. He, there's some struggles being happened, some theology, some, some false teaching that's happening within the church and it's kind of pulling them apart and causing this separation in the community of believers. And he's reminding them as he's sharing these things to, that they should seek peace, that they express their love by seeking peace. And the Bible says so much about unity in the body of Christ. It talks so much about us as as believers always seeking peace at every cost. See, when we walk by the Spirit, we seek peace. John thirteen thirty four through says this. It says a new Jesus says this. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. You know, it's, it's funny to me that Jesus says, I give you a new commandment. <laughs> like it should be something that should be new to these people. When he tells them, you know, to love and he's showing them all this love, he's expressing love. He came to express love on the cross, but yet he has to tell the disciples and the people around them, I have something new for you to understand. And he says, if you follow me, if you want to live for me, he says, show the world that you love me by loving each other. And I, I want to challenge us as the church. I want to challenge us as, as believers here in this community. Let, let's fight for unity in the body of Christ. Let's not, let's not refer to ourselves as the only church or the greatest church or the whatever God's doing some great things here at Soul Rio Church, but He's also doing great things in other pieces of the body in our community. And, and, and again, we, we've said this for the last couple of years, and, and I want to affirm that this morning, is that Jesus Christ is our lead pastor. And we are the body of Christ. Bring this to your attention, not only because the Scripture brings it to our attention, but I bring it to your attention this morning because I want us to understand that if we're going to go out and fulfill that great commission and share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of the gospel that leads to godliness and righteousness through, through Jesus Christ, then we need to go out and we need to seek those that don't know the hope of Christ. We need to go out and share our faith with people like, like JJ said at a barber shop or at the mall. 
And we do that by expressing this great love that God has for us and that he's given us to do, to share with the world. So as a church, let's commit this morning. Let's go away from here this morning inspired and encouraged and challenged to say, God, you have given me the power to express all the things of your spirit. So help me to be attentive to that. Help me to understand how that person that you're going to place in front of me, how they need to be loved and how I can love them and express this this great thing that you've offered all of us the love and the mercy and the hope of Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we we thank you for just all that you are, Lord. We, We look to you this morning because you are God and you are our Savior and we love you. And we thank you for your great love for us. Father, we know that you're doing great things in our community. We know you're doing great things in this world that you've created. And Lord, we we ask that as we walk by your Spirit, Lord, that you would remind us that we have the power to love. We have the power to fulfill all the great things that you've called us to and you've called us for. Lord, I I pray that as, as your body, that we would truly be the hands and feet in Rio Rancho, in Albuquerque, in New Mexico, and wherever you'll send us, Father, that we would truly be the example of what love is and what love does. Father, that we would just trust in you, trust in your Spirit, and know that that Jesus Christ has given us freedom, freedom to live, freedom to serve, freedom to give, and freedom to be at peace. Knowing that you are in control, Father. Lord God, we look to you this morning and we ask that you would uh, guide our hearts, guide our steps, that you would help us to discover the things that you have for us, Father. That at this very moment, if there's something that you're showing us, if you're revealing to us, if you're speaking to us through your Spirit, that our hearts would be softened and that we would be aware and we would be attentive. Lord, fill us with your Spirit and dwell in us and live through us. Lord, we love you and we give you glory. And we do it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505 792 8737 or email us at info at soul at soul rio we're a community of followers of jesus christ committed to live by faith to be known by love and to be a voice of hope to our community we invite you to go with us on this journey